Big Red Revival. Well, welcome to Groundhog's Day 2022 Nebraska edition. Nebraska travels all the way to Dublin, Ireland for a 31-28 to loss, and it's eight straight win by single digits only, bringing Scott's frost record to mighty 15-30. and 30. Zach, how you doing? Been better. <laughs> I, uh... When I mean, I'm I wasn't jealous of you on Saturday afternoon, or for you for for you it was night. But I went about an hour, hour and a half after the game got over, and just sat there and didn't say anything. And um, it's just I can't believe that we're having to talk about the way that we lost again. So it's pretty, it's maddening, really. I mean, it's just so frustrating. Yeah, I mean, just go back to last year's episode one uh, of. uh after the Illinois game and just hit repeat and substitute Illinois for Northwestern. I mean, it's basically, like I said, it's Groundhog's Day all over again here. So um, another special teams blunder that, uh, you know, had a significant impact on the outcome of the game that, uh, that's, uh, I mean, they're had on that onside kick, um, you know, as the main reason. Uh, I mean, what, I guess, where do you place blame at as far as the onside kick and where that kind of factored into the game? I mean, it definitely had a huge factor in the game. Uh, just, it's like, I don't know. At, at this point, I feel like we, you know, every team has a get-back coach on the sideline. And, and at this point with Frost and the fact that he's not calling all the offensive plays and trying to get, quote-unquote, more involved with everything else, we right. might need to have, like, a, a like cut-the-mic coach <laughs> for, for Nebraska to – where Trev Alberts is on there and he goes, Oh, Scott's about to get crazy. Cut him off. Uh, Whipple, you do your thing or whoever yeah. it is. But um, I mean, the, and you know, people are saying hats off to him for, you know, owning it. And it's like, no, <laughs> he, you know, all you had to do was just let the coaches that you brought in right. coach. And Correct. then all of a sudden it's like a, it's like a spoiled kid with two kids playing Madden and one of them's, you know, playing and playing and playing. The other one gets fed up with not being able to play, and he steals the controller and then screws up the game. Yeah, let me I mean, let me just, run a trick play here. I haven't got to call a play all day. Let me go with a trick play. Yeah, it's like somebody just get in his ear and just say, no, don't do this. This is not good. <laughs> and, it's, I mean, you know, it's – as you say for any game, if something goes wrong, you can't blame it on one single play. And Yeah. But, I mean, this is as close to that as you get. And – it was, I mean, it was in the third quarter. There was plenty more right. possessions, and we didn't cross their 43 after that on offense. So, you know, your finger that way too. But at the same time, it's like, dude, of all people, when you're in this spot, you're up 11 for the second time after having to come back. And, and you, you know, you have as good of a start in the, to start the second half as you possibly can. Right. And then you go and get greedy like that. Yeah. Yeah. He said, he said after the, game, the situation. Was, he said after the game, I it's like you were looking in the fucking game with nine minutes to go in the third quarter. Like, yeah, like who, who the hell, who the hell do you think you, you guys are, and who the hell do you think you're playing? Like, just he remember, you're, in the you're AAC not... with UCF still. Yeah, it's just... it's maddening. Um, I mean, you know, obviously that's the main play of the game people are talking about. Um, for, I don't know. I mean, for me, that it's it came down to that fourth quarter, and uh, when the you know Northwestern just went bully ball on us, you know the old ninety Nebraska, like you know we're running the ball and you still can't stop us. I yep. mean the defense, the defensive line, linebackers got absolutely embarrassed. I mean it, they got. I mean the linebackers were ten yards off the ball. The Northwestern's offensive line was getting up onto them easily. Nick Hendricks probably had his worst game in a Nebraska uniform. Um, I mean just. Just really bullied them. I mean, the brainy school bully balled us. I mean, that's not yep. good when the brain the brain school bully balled you. So, uh, yeah, we I had thought... we had we had zero sacks and I think two tackles for loss in the entire game. Right, and it's not like they weren't just they weren't throwing. I mean, they were yeah. dicing us up in the first half. I mean, yeah, they, they're just just as generic and bland as you can be as a, a defense or you know defensive scheme. It's just yeah. You know, know. Chenander said, "Yo, well, you've got to earn the right to uh, pass rush." It's like, 
listen, man, you guys ain't getting it done. Yeah, I mean, the defense line was getting absolutely no pressure. Last week, you know, I talked about how I thought the uh, defense was going to be better because I thought the, we're going to have a pass rush. <laughs> uh, boy, boy, was I mistaken. Um, yeah. But, you know, before we jump into all the whole breakdown of the game, obviously uh, I made the good old 4,000-mile journey out to uh, Dublin for the game with my, uh, with my old man. Um, so I just kind of want to talk about, you know, the things leading up to the, to the game, actual, uh, mess that was, um, you know, the first game of the season. Um, no, we went out there just a quick little trip out there. We, we left Wednesday, got out there Thursday. And I mean, I just, first, I just want to say, you know, Husker nation, Nebraska fans. I mean, what a fan base. I mean, the town was absolutely painted completely red. Everybody knew we were in town. Everybody, I mean, it was hard not to tell. I mean, everybody's, you know, wearing red the entire week. The town is painted completely red. Um, you know, headquarters was the Buskers Bar there in um, the Temple Bar District there in Dublin. Um, I mean, threw back, like I said, I think I was averaging about 30 Jameson and Gingers a day, about about 10 Guinnesses. So uh, did a little tour and went to the Jameson uh, factory, Guinness factory, um, did a little sightseeing, but you know, it was kind of, you know, the old, old saying, kind of a business trip, you know, I wanted to, wanted to see Dublin a little bit, but you know, we came out there for a victory and, you know, the locals out there were very embracing, very similar to Nebraska people. Um, you know, they said they're known for their, their beef and their, and potatoes and so not beef and corn, but beef and potatoes, uh, just very, I can get down with that. Yeah. Hell yeah. So just a very prideful community small farming community. So um, I think the Dublin people and Nebraska people had a lot in common. I mean, and we just showed up in droves. I mean, ever it, it, it honestly didn't feel like I was out of the country. Um, it was that many Nebraska people. It felt, felt like we we're in, you know, Boston or something, but just, you know, all the cobble streets and whatever. And it just kind of feeling a little old, but, and then we went to this place, um, Boar's Head that was like uh, established in 1168. I'm like, 11? <laughs> like, 11, 11, 68. I'm like, and my dad's like, damn, that's JC time. <laughs> said, just about. So, um, you know, and then we had the pep rally Friday, which just obviously just crazy amount of people there. Um, and so it was just, you know, Husker Nation really stood up and stood out. I mean, as usual. Um, what, what a special fan base. And I just kept saying, imagine if we were good at football, you know, like mm-hmm. just imagine what we'd be doing if we were good at football. So, um, Dublin put on a hell of a time. If you ever get a chance to go out there, um, was definitely worth, worth the trip. Uh, I know a lot of people went out there for, uh, a week, two weeks or whatever and toured the countryside, um, you know, with a pregnant wife at home, I was just, uh, made the little three day trip. Um, so but no, it was a great trip. Uh, the stadium was absolutely stunning. I mean, when I came up over the stairs there and walked down to the stadium and just breathtaking, I mean, great stadium, great stadium to see the, uh, see obviously my team play in. Um, we sat right there in the end zone, not the, not the short end zone that had about, I don't know, it looked like maybe 15, 20 rows. We sat in the other, other end zone. So great seats and, time all the way up until you know until it was uh, inevitable that we we're losing so yeah and uh yeah most of you guys probably heard the, the rumors are true about the free beer they uh <laughs> their their card credit card system their card reading systems broke down and you know instead of just being jerks about it they just said hey beer's free and uh, definitely took full advantage of that i got about 10 guinnesses down um and spilled about another five or six others so Hell of a time. Uh, I I text you during the game just to make sure that you you were in the know there because it was it was just blowing up on Twitter that there was free beer being passed or you know quote unquote sold. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was it was something that you know as a friend I I needed to make sure that you you did know. But you know, being in Dublin Dublin Ireland, I'm sure that that news uh, spread pretty quick throughout those throughout that stadium. Yeah. Yes, it did. Um, yeah. It would. Uh, it spread pretty quickly, and uh, people were definitely. Uh, get involved in it. So in the Guinness out there, you know, they taste different. It, it tasted more, uh, tasted like chocolate milk. I mean, it was so smooth and I felt like there's more booze in it too. Cause I mean, you know, one or two, I was, you know, starting to get a little buzzed up. Um, the Jameson on the other hand, I felt like it was the opposite. Like it, um, it was smoother than regular Jameson, but, um, I don't know. 
I don't know if it was just vacation mode, but I definitely, honestly, was drinking thirty of them a day. It was like watered down liquor at a at a like a that's, resort. That's what it kind of. That's honestly what it kind of felt like. It was and and you know when you go and order a Jameson and they fucking pour out the little thing to measure it out and and then they so I was drinking Jameson gingers and they're pulling out the little bottles of ginger ale, little glass bottles of ginger ale, ginger ale each time and it's like okay, this is about a 90 to 10 split here. And it's like, okay, all right. I'm gonna have to go to doubles, double Jameson's and then ordering a shot of Jameson. And yeah, I, I definitely, um, uh, indulged. So yeah, hell I mean, of a time. Gotta do you got to do. You gotta do. Yeah, exactly. Do. Hell of a time. We went to local pubs there and, you know, kind of just try to mix and mingle with the locals there and kind of pick their brains and whatnot. And I was in one of, one of the, uh, local pubs and you know guy was asking me you know older gentleman just you know hey is this kind of a kind of you know like an exhibition or you know how important is this game and i i turned to him and i said sir i need this win tomorrow like i need my next breath and he looked at he, <laughs> he looked at me he looked at me sat his beer down gave me such a sturdy handshake he's like sir i will be rooting for your nebraska cornhuskers tomorrow and he turns around and tells his buddy like what i just said he's like it's that serious i'm like yeah, I need this victory like I need my next breath. Like there's big ramifications we lose this game. And um, so I think that people, you know, I, you know, you, something like this comes to town. You don't know if it's like an exhibition or what's going on, the significance of it. So when I said that, he was just like, oh, shit. Okay, so, so this, is in, yeah. this is important. Um, yep. And a lot of locals showed up to the game. So, you know, they're just like, I don't know what's going on American football. And so there was a lot of the locals that showed up, but they're all wearing um, like their NFL uh, favorite NFL team jerseys. So that was pretty cool, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, no. Um, yeah. To your point, I mean, not being able to be there, I, I followed the, uh, the local media real close and they did an awesome job of, of broadcasting, you know, from se- you know several different sites in Dublin. And I, I got to see some of the highlights of the, of the um the pep rally they had there and then yep. you know the the hail varsity daily show was held in one of the pubs there and so they brought in a, a lot of cool guests one of them was the owner i think of that bar or the uh the pub that you referenced yeah the buskers so, yep yeah so i mean I, I i did my best to feel like i was there and, and they had uh, the aaron Sorensen, who's one of the reporters there she kept saying no fomo no fomo but um yeah. you know I, I i had nothing but that uh the whole week and but then again, you know, when when the, the results came around and we didn't get the outcome we wanted, I, I was not jealous of you or anyone else that had to come back uh, yeah. and travel home from from, uh, you know, that type of trip. So, yeah, it's, no, uh... I mean, I think it was overall a success and it got some really, really, really good ratings. And and, you know, it unfortunately we're on the national or in the national eye with another L. Or, right. uh, but it just, you know, it's 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 a cool it's a cool thing that they do that and you know i i know it's not really possible to make it an annual thing right maybe it is but um you know it's it seems like the you know the production of it was all really good and um and yeah i think it's it's a really cool thing that they've they've had a tr- somewhat of a tradition for a while going back to like the early 90s but right um pretty cool we got to be a part of it yeah no and i think that um you know i think we left a pretty lasting impression on on the city and on the people there um you know just obviously you know you kind of just try to indulge in the culture and so i'm kind of watching the news and you know feel sound like uh on kind of tough times over there so just a nice influx of uh you know i think there's probably twenty thousand nebraska fans there um so just a nice influx into the community you know Nebraska people are pretty good about, you know, trying to be respectful of, you know, everything. And um, so I think that uh, we left a pretty good impression on them, you know, outside of the, uh, you know, the one bartender where I, you know, I just had to, yeah, yeah, I heard you don't do it, not to do it, but, you know, I just had to go up and ask for an Irish car bomb. And uh, <laughs> that, that was a mistake. Um, so I asked the bartender for Irish car bomb, because that's one, that's my drink back home. You know, that's the shot I like yeah. to take back home. I don't really know the meaning behind it, but obviously there is. And the guy, the bartender immediately clinches, clinches up his fist. And he was like, you know, that'd be like if I went to uh, New York and I was like, ordered a Manhattan. He was like, no, like I ordered a nine 11. I was like, Oh shit. (laughs) I ordered a nine 11. Like, Oh my goodness. So um, yes. um, 
yep, don't do it. Um, I, I took, the, <laughs> took that for the team. Um, bartender definitely very pissed off and definitely uh, wanted to come to fisticuffs with me over it. So, um, yep, just had to get that out of the way. But um, besides that, everybody was um, everybody's very nice and, you know, very prideful. Like everybody you talk to, they just wanted to tell you every bit of history and what's going on in this, the city and the country and what they're known for and what they do. And so um, great time, great time. Um, so, um, but you know, let's outside of the, you know, obviously the great greatness of the, uh, the vacation and, you know, getting to see Ireland. Um, pre kickoff. Yeah. I mean, you know, in the pre, the pre uh, stuff before the game, they had an Irish band going it was great. I mean, Oh, and if you ever listened to previous podcasts, the number one thing I harp on about Nebraska is uh, Nebraska is about the end game music. Well, they had an in in uh, in stadium DJ that fucking was tearing it up. I mean, the I don't know what it looked like on TV, but the fucking crowd was rampant. I mean, you know, uh, in between commercial breaks and whatnot, the DJs going and just I mean, the crowd was guys. I mean, on on top of that, you're getting a pretty if you're just a you know a Northwestern fan or a uh, you know your average fan, you're getting a pretty good uh, close uh, football game too. So like. The energy in the stadium was just absolutely – it was it was great. I mean, maybe the uh, free beer had something to do with the energy, but <laughs> um, – Never um, hurts. Yeah, exactly. Sure sure doesn't uh, hurt at all. So, um, yeah, but – and then, you know, we come out that first possession of the game and uh, Casey comes out, dicing him up a little bit and then hits him over the top on a nice like 40-yard touchdown or whatever. Um, and you're thinking, oh, shit. Hey, you know, like it reminded me of um, Adrian's first drive um, yep. or against Colorado when he, uh, mm-hmm. you know, did a little took off running the end zone. It was like, oh, shit, we got we got one here, you know, and mm-hmm. um, fortunately, that was probably as good as it got for Casey all day. But I did I did think that Casey was one of the few bright spots in the game. I thought um, he looked very decisive. Uh, I thought he threw a pretty accurate ball. Um, there wasn't a lot of, I thought pocket presence looked good. Wasn't a lot of waste of motion. He was hanging in the pocket, not bailing early. So, um, I mean, just kind of what's your, what's your level of concern after this game for the rest of the season? Um, it's, it's pretty high <laughs> to be honest. Um, I, <laughs> I jotted, I jotted down just a list of things and, um, it's just, you know, it's a lot of the things that we'll talk about here, but I mean, it's just, it's the same old song and dance like we talk about every year. It's like, you know, there, there's just, there's five certainties. Frost coach game. Right. And it, it just, there, there's five. I, I do have an honorable mention, but uh, we're, like you said, we're usually going to have a decent script to start the game. Um, sure do. Yep. I mean, we usually do outside yep. of, you know, a couple games here and there, we're usually pretty sharp to start the game and we, we move the ball downfield and, you know, credit, and this is the only credit I'm going to give to him in these five certainties. Um, but the second one is uh, at least once we will get one or get very close to one. We should have gotten one in the game, uh, delay a game to start a drive. <laughs> I'm, yep. I'm pretty sure that that play could have gone a negative one, negative two before we got that playoff, but they didn't throw the flag on one of the drives that we had in, right. in Dublin. Um, and it's just it's it's unexcusable that we're just not prepared to run off or run out in the field and, and run a play that we've had drawn up for probably a couple minutes at that point. Correct. Um, we're going to have a costly turnover late uh, late in the game. Every um, time. Every time. And and, you know, this th- th- this one was, uh, you know, a little bit more frustrating for a different reason than we're, what we're used to with Adrian at the helm. Um, but. Again, getting into that in a little bit, which takes me to this one. Um, he will default to the Brady Belt or Brody Belt, Oliver Martin, Wyatt Luer uh, personnel group. <laughs> He's always going to do it. They, you didn't see those guys at all yeah. through three quarters of football. And then all of a sudden, backs against the wall. We have to get back in the game. We have to move the ball. <laughs> and, I mean, credit to Brody Belt for the play he made. Right. Uh, he looked. He looked great. I mean, I, nothing bad to say about him. Uh, but you know, just Oliver Martin and uh, just going out there to be our fair catch guy, and then fucking Wyatt Lure again. The guy yeah. will not get out of my life. I yeah. said it last episode too. It's like, of course he comes in, and 
the last offensive play we have is a drop pass by him to uh, to to result in an interception. And the fifth one being Scott Frost will blame someone else after a loss. Which has to. And, has to blame and someone the, else. The honor roll mention um, was a pass to the flat as the first play from scrimmage, which we did again. I, I, I mean, he almost should have just been fired. Fuck on the spot. First play of the game. That's that. Just that's it. Give me the fucking headset. That's it. Um, yeah, it's, it's. I, I just, I, it's, it's hard for me to understand. Um, some people are still like not in, still on the Scott Frost. You know, can make the change. It's like I, I just, it just, it makes absolutely no sense to me whatsoever. Uh, you know, I, I try not to get into it with people online, but you know, like I had my brother-in-law call me a bandwagon fan because I fucking said that Scott Frost should be fired. It's like, I, I don't know what people don't understand about this, but it's like, I'm not a fan of fucking Scott Frost. I'm not a fan of Casey Thompson. I'm not a fan of Garrett Nelson. I root for, I'm a diehard for the name on the front of Jersey. I don't care if it's your local UPS driver wearing the goddamn Jersey. I am loyal to the name on the front of the jersey, not to the, I'm not too loyal to any one player or any one coach. I'm loyal to the program and that's it. So this whole, you know, fair weather fan shit and it's just, oh, got to give him time. Like, I just cannot wrap my fucking head around it. It's like, give him time. It's five years. Like, who, yeah. who, who after five years just all of a sudden turned around a program? Like, honestly, like, turned around a program. Like, oh, you know what? You're six, you're seven is when they really got after it. It's like, there's th- there's instances like that because where it's it doesn't like, happen exactly. There's instances like that where it's like, oh, they were winning seven, eight games, then you know, kind of broke through and started winning ten. It's like, no, give me an instance of any coach winning three or four games a season and turning after five years because it's never happened. It's never happened. I mean, we got schools fire in national championship after two years. Go ask Ogeron. Go ask old boy yep. from um, that one at Auburn that got fired two years after winning the national championship. And we were five years in, we're still talking about give him time. Did Michigan state, did Michigan state need time to turn it around? I mean, did Arkansas need time to turn it around? I mean, it's just, I mean, I can understand where you're like, Hey, you know, I mean, maybe just keep him him season. Okay. But like to give him any more time, like, it's just, I just don't understand it. I, I don't understand it. I don't get it. I mean, there's there's not one quality that he has of a good coach. He's not a great leader. Yeah. He's he clearly it's terrible at second half adjustments. No discipline in the team. I will say this was. I mean, they had a clean game um, penalty one, wise. One for penalty the fir- one for the penalty, first time yep. in his fucking whole career. But there's just he has no attributes that show you any sign of life or any any significance that you think that he may be turn out to be a great coach. I just I don't yeah. see it. And nobody with a half a brain sees it either. Exactly. And it's like the one time that he actually is very vocal about how he's making changes. He's passing off the, the play, the play calling to Whipple. Then one half, he lets, he lets it happen. Right. And then you see in the third and fourth quarter, he's really starting to put his fingerprints on that game. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's what he was trying to do with the onside kick. You know, you're not calling plays on games. Like you're trying to get your fingerprints on the game. Like, Hey, let's go onside here. Yeah, and uh, you think Mickey Joseph is running Wyatt Luer out there in the fourth? Uh, Frost is here, like, hey, put this guy. In. He's he's a walk on. He means a lot to the program because right. just get the out. Get... All right, I'll go back to it. Cut the mic. Yeah. Cut his mic. Yep. Yep. It's he. He's not a man of his word either. I mean, he just yeah. he just goes against what he says all the time and. Sign. He he has the balls to say, our coaching staff needs to be more creative in this league. Or the, yeah, often like who, like what Scott? You won one league game. You we are gonna now go over three hundred and sixty five days without winning a Big Ten game. Who the fuck are you to talk about being more creative than this? League? What the fuck would you know about winning in this goddamn league? You're a bum. And, and yeah. the fact that have have you listened to any of the other coaches in the Big Ten talk about Scott Frost afterwards? I mean, they, they, all like, they say is we have no culture here. Yeah, exactly. Like they disrespect you. Like you're not, you're not oh, respecting yeah. among your peers. It's not only that they, they beat you. They disrespect you after the game. Like it's just, you have no, I've never seen a coach take such a bad hit in five years from being the hottest name on the market, you know, where he's rumored to maybe, you know, getting the Florida offered for the job. Um, I forget what other big time school was open then. 
And now it's like, who would even give this guy a coordinating job in Power Five? Like, honestly, like, who, who are you scheming up? I wouldn't give it to my Madden team. Exactly. Fucking. And then, you know, when you say, hey, you got to fire him. Here's people's first things. Well, who are you going to get? It's like, the fuck does it matter? We've won three games in the last 12 months. Let Siri call the fucking plays, okay? Like, what the fuck do you mean, who are we going to get? Who does it matter? Who could do worse than this? Who could do worse than three wins in 365 days? Besides any, anybody and everybody, let Siri punch it into the goddamn phone and let her call the plays, okay? I'm, com- I mean, I'm confident that we have two guys on our offensive staff. If we put them as the head coach today, they'd, yeah. they'd get us six wins. Yeah. Or, you know, they'll say, well, who's going to come to Nebraska after all this? It's like, sir, money talks because we know we're going to have to pay somebody $8 million a year. So what do you mean? Who's, who's going to take the Nebraska job? $8 million a year? There'll be a lot of people uh, wanting to come here. Okay. So I just, you know, there's a lot of things I don't understand. And why we're on the subject, things I don't understand. If you go to a football game and you are a person that asked somebody to sit down in front of you, I just want to tell you, <laughs> fuck you, and stay on your goddamn couch. Those people even came to Ireland. Imagine that. Fucking, I'm standing up watching a game, and, uh, sir, sir, can you sit down? And I just turned around and said, respectfully, no. No, I will not sit down. I just flew 4,000 miles sitting down. I'm going to stand up and watch the fucking game. And then it's, you know, a lady in front of me. Um, sir, can you uh, not cuss? There's kids here. And I, you know, I'm, I have a, a daughter and stuff, so I look and She's got two 14-year-old kids. I'm like, are you kidding me? Come on, lady. Like, come on. Like, if you're going to be like that, stay your ass at home, honestly. like, What do you think real- those kids are hearing on Call of Duty and places? Exactly. <laughs> like, honestly, I'm looking for some three, four-year-olds. Nope, they're 13, 14-year-old kids. It's like, these fucking kids are hearing and seeing so much worse on the internet. Like, give, give me a fucking break. Like, honestly... There's just people in the crowd that honestly just want everybody to get juice boxes and orange slices after the game and everybody just be healthy. It's like, come on now. Come on, man. Like you're ruining, you're ruining my experience. You know, like mm-hmm. the whole, can you sit down shit? Just fucking should have bought a better seat then. Should have bought yeah. a fucking can better seat. Can you go seat. get me one of those free beers and then you don't have yeah. to worry about it? Exactly. Just, just nuts, man. It, it's crazy. But another thing I don't understand is uh, just Omar Manning in general. It's got to like, go. He's, he's in a gossip go situation. Why? Why? What do you do for this program except right. just like have the measurables and look good in practice? But then, then it's just like clockwork. Yeah. Twenty minutes before the game, you open up Twitter and you see, oh, there's Omar Manning in his street clothes, <laughs> and just yeah. watching warm ups. It's like, why? Why? Why yeah. are you not playing? Yeah. Why? Do, why do we need you around? So you've been around three years and have played in about six games. Yeah, I'm, I'm slowly just going down the list of the notes I have here, and it just gets more and more angry yeah. as I move down. And that was the top line, so. Yeah, well, just, so just... so compounding onto that, um, I wanted to touch on on the captains. Um, three or four cap. Th- we have four captains. Travis Volkolek had a good game until he was injured, so he had six catches. All six went for first downs, all big catches, um, and then got rolled up Athletic on. Athletic catches. Athletic yeah, catches, too. Yeah, went and got him. Um, yep. the other three captains didn't even play. I mean, I, might as well not even got, not, might as well stayed stateside, honestly. Garrett Nelson. So I'm sitting in the, the end zone where the offense and defense line are warming up. Garrett Nelson looks like a kid. Yeah. Caleb Tanner had the fumble recovery. Yeah. Garrett Nelson looks like a kid. Um, obviously, we have a bit. <laughs> I mean, granted, he's going, he was going against fuck. Prohaska, which, you know, is a fucking man, mammoth of a fucking man. I mean, 6'10", 320, so he's kind of dwarfing anybody, but just seeing Garrett Nelson, like, next to the offensive line, it's like, you look like a little boy, man. And then yep. Caleb Tanner and uh, O'Shawn Mathis got a little size, but they're a little light in the ass. I mean, they're mm-hmm. more length than fucking, you know, like, you know, big thighs, you know, you know, big posterior, you know, so it's like, so our three Russians that I thought were going to be dominant, um, they got bullied. They absolutely got yeah. bullied. I mean, just it, it's depressing to see that, um, you know, and then obviously uh, Nick Henrik is your third captain. It just, I mean, they got ragdolled. I mean, they got bullied I mean, by the brain school. I mean, what else Henrich, can you say? Henrich couldn't have looked any slower out there. Couldn't have looked Jesus any Christ, slower. Man. And oh. and then And then on top of that, 
side of the captains too. I, I agree with you with the captains. Vokalek looked the part. He looked like he could be ready for Sundays if he yep. just stays healthy. Um, yep. that, and I have that as uh, one of the uh, turning point plays that, that caused Nebraska to lose. When he went out of the game, our um, receiver presence in the middle of the field just disappeared because they didn't have him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and and to tack on to that, our t- tight end depth right now is an Oh, issue. my goodness. Chris Hickman, um, where are you at, man? Chris Hickman, you he's, play, he's play buried, football? He's, he's buried under names on the depth chart, so that's not yeah. great. Um, yeah, it, but it, then, it's, it's not great when you're buried under a bunch of bums. You know, yeah. fucking, I mean, it's not like you're out there at Georgia, where Georgia's got three five-star tight ends. You're out here yeah. on underneath some fucking walk-on dudes. It's like, you were a then, four-star tight end coming out of high school, man. Yeah, and then beyond the the, the captains, you look who, who got black shirts. And I just, a name that I go back to now is that Colton Feist. Oh, and it's like, yeah. wh- who? Yeah. Um, oh, no, it's in, it, I have now tagged him as the, the Wyatt lure of our defense yeah. um, because uh, there, there's no business there. He has no business of getting that many snaps as he got. I mean, we, I mean, it's not like any of our D linemen, like you said, did anything, you know, right. extravagant, but do we forget that we got a D tackle transfer from Bama who was once a four or five star? I mean, yeah. I just, and, and the Colton Feast, what... Colton Feast is a walk-on redshirt freshman, a walk-on redshirt freshman starting game one fucking for you on the defensive line. Come on, uh, man. Sure, he, he had six tackles, but those tackles were made uh, when the, the many... running back got beyond the defensive line and they were getting hung up in the linebacker. Exactly. Court, How many TFLs? He, he, How he many did... TFLs did the brother have? Well, I mean, we had two as a team, so probably zero. <laughs> it's just... Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I just don't understand why we just hang on to that walk-on yes. connection so much. It's like, play the best player. And I thought when we came out as an offense today and, like, the you know, the general mindset going into the season was, we're going to play these receivers. And it's like, finally, you know, you're putting your, your dudes out there. Right. And then, and then it's just like, if you can't have a good offense – defense if you can't have a good defense then we we trade that off with a with a decent offense and it's like why can't we just put all the pieces together it's yeah it's just i mean it's it's three separate teams uh on this on this nebraska team with all, all of a sudden special teams um and then offense defense and i just feel like nebraska football has just become the new york jets it's it's and, uh and, yeah and the onside kick was our butt fumble yeah well the thing is okay so Question the call, whatever. That it was a terrible call. Fucking, it's totally unnecessary. Um, the execution of it was even worse than the call. I mean, brother, you kicked it right to the motherfucker. I mean, <laughs> he looked like he was. He, you told him he was coming to him. <laughs> you fucking, you kicked it right to him. I mean, he had no option but to catch the damn ball. It just, and, and, yeah. I mean, he wasn't. He wasn't confused at all. It was like he, <laughs> it was literally like somebody yelled ten yards away. Hey, ball's coming to you. Yeah, it's like. What? What do you, Frost? What do you think you're doing? Trying to out, outsmart, outthink Northwestern. <laughs> think about it, man. Think about it. So it's just—I mean, Pat Fitzgerald almost has as many years coached at Northwestern as Frost has wins at Nebraska. I mean, think about that. Yeah, correct. And they're the same age. Yeah. So. Um, yep. It's just, um, you know, some people might say, you know, it's it's one game, you know, it is, you know, there's still a long season left. And, you know, if if it was just a couple of drops here and there, a couple of schematic things, like you'd you'd be right. But it was the it was the play in the trenches that really told me what time it was for this season. Um, mm-hmm. It's like you, you can't scheme yourself. You can't get up on a whiteboard and scheme yourself out of an ass whipping. Okay. Either you got a dog, either you got some dog in you or you don't. I mean, you, you can't scheme yourself out of getting pushed around. Okay. There's no X's and O's, no, you know, schematic changes you can make to upfront outside of getting your ass beat. I mean, yeah. So the, it just sets the tempo for come coming in this season. I said seven wins. I'm adjusting it down to three. Um, yeah. We should win these next two games. And then um, I think maybe Casey Thompson looked good enough to maybe uh, win, beat, uh, win a, one to two games in a shootout in a high, you know, 42-39 game, you know. Yeah. Beating Wisconsin. We're not beating Minnesota. We're not beating Iowa. We're not beating Michigan. I mean. Yeah, like, they, they all have this film now. I yeah. 
Wisconsin. What do you, what do you, th- what do you think Iowa. Wisconsin's running back is going to do to to this team? <laughs> like, what do you think that guy's going? What do you think I uh, heard from Wisconsin going to do to this team? He might he might break uh, Melvin Gordon's record on us. You watch the fourth quarter against us, and then just add four yards per carry, and that's yeah. about it. Exactly. It just does not bode well at all. It's just like that. Like you said, it's not things that you can fix weeks to week to week. It was just no. We got bullied. And you look at the rush game. I mean, thirty-one attempts, one hundred and ten yards, three and a half yards per rush. Yeah. You take out that long run. Take out that forty-six we're, yard touchdown. We're at thirty attempts, sixty-four yards, two point one yards a run. Yeah, I think they said twenty-one of the thirty-one, uh, thirty-three carries were for two yards or less. And I mean, there there were maybe a couple, three, four plays where we could have maybe bounced it a little bit to, to oh, some open God. space, but man. I don't know. I hey, mean, my, they, my, they man Yance, my man, my man, Yance, oh, brother, can you not see the whole man? I mean, Jesus he Christ. He needs to go to an eye doctor Wowzers. yesterday. He, he didn't do his offense line any favors. I'm... Yeah. I mean, Oof. at least he had the benefit of the doubt last year for running the wrong way on a goal line play, but this one, he was, yeah. he was get he was, he was getting the right calls. He just wasn't running the right way. I don't yeah. know. And, I mean, so and then you, where's Gabe Irvin? Where's Ramir Johnson? Oh, my God. we got AJ Allen who just went to prom six months ago. I mean, yeah. Once again, I, I mean, once again, like Scott Frost has never put together a a. It's always been rotation. He, I feel like he just can't identify the talent. It's like how many teams play four or five running backs per game? You know, I mean, why don't we have one running back that is our guy, and then everybody else is everybody else? And same thing with receivers. It's like. Mickey Joe's like, oh, I'm going to have my six guys, and that's who it's going to be. And then all of a sudden, crunch time, it's like, oh, well, shit, let me get Brody some touches. Let me get Wyatt Lure some touches. Like, what the fuck, man? Like, why can't we identify who the starters are and run with them and then let the cards, you know, fall as they may? And it's I just, mean, I, I, it's hard I to get lathered to, up. If you're running back, I, running back, you need time. You need, you know, six, eight carries before you even get a good lather on you. Yeah, I wanted to punt a football into my TV when I saw Wyatt Lure on TV. It's <laughs> oh incredible. I, the, I just that guy. My my former boss is from O'Neill, and he yeah. was like, "I I I can't take this anymore." I mean, yeah. And no, they uh, you know, people are like, "Well, I, the one guy he's talking to on Twitter, he's well, you know, uh, the walk on program was used, uh, you know, under one of the most successful coaches in college football history." So I'll go with that, and I go, "Yeah, when that was working, Blockbuster Video was a fucking good uh, good business." So, right. All right. Sh- times have changed, brother. So, yeah. I mean, pass me without bro- walk on bullshit, man. I mean, yeah, we Look should maybe have a couple portal. here and there, but no, man, we shouldn't be having 150 kids on our team. Look at the transfer portal. I mean, there is a million times more talent in that transfer portal than there is with any walk on. Right. And it's, I mean, the game has changed and you can't rely on dudes that are farming, you know, in, in the off season and then coming in to Nebraska and, and you're making them a fucking black shirt in their red shirt <laughs> freshman year. It's like, right. I mean, the guys, I nothing against these guys. Obviously, you know that you know they're just doing they're doing their best. Obviously, but living the dream. So they, no, they're, yep. their their coaches are putting them in terrible positions to come under the scrutiny of you know washed up guys like us. It, <laughs> it is. What it, oh no! I, I mean, it's just they're setting them up for me to talk shit about them. <laughs> yes. And I mean, again, nothing against them. It's just like, yep. don't put these guys in those situations Correct. where you know that it's it's probably not going to bode well because it hasn't right. under under Frost to this point. Yeah, yeah, no. It's, and, uh, uh, I will give a shout out to somebody that uh, one of my players of the game from that Saturday, Northwestern punter is the real deal. Hey, Nebraska's punter ain't fucking too bad himself. Not, not too bad. Not too not bad. Too bad but himself. I, he I just I'm watching this. I'm watching this Pitt West Virginia game, and they just pinned him down to the one. I was like, "Oh, yep. yeah, it's like PTSD from last Saturday." Dude, hey, that that field goal uh, by Nebraska in the half. I'm sitting in that end zone. I thought the fucking thing went in. Oh, really? <laughs> it was it was that close. Like I I I thought the kick went in, and hmm. I'm like, "What? It missed." And then to rub salt in the wound, <laughs> at halftime was a field goal kicking competition between with the locals. And these fucking guys were booting 40, 50 yarders like it was their goddamn job. It was just like, oh, my goodness. So just. 
paging Bill Bush. <laughs> yeah, about, exactly. About exactly. So, um, all right. We did, obviously we did enough. Uh, there was a lot enough bad stuff. To talk. What any bright side? What any bright signs? Any bright things that you saw out there? Or anything that might uh, that you like that you did see? Uh, I'm going to reiterate what I said about Vokalek. I thought he he's kind of changed the way that his body works. I feel like you know he went he came into the year. I hope he's okay. I, I yeah. I don't know. I, I we wouldn't know any different if he wasn't, but. Um, I thought he's kind of just changed the way that he, he plays the game. He's become more of a receiver, which will be huge if we can keep him healthy. Yeah. Um, also positives. I thought uh, Trey Palmer looked the part. I thought he was great. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought that um, Castaneda, um, he, he was pretty good too. Washington. Um, he's got, he's got the talent. I mean, overall receivers just, just get rid of the drops. I mean, Right. Some of those drops were as bad as like a holding call on a on a on a drive where it just killed the drive because it's yeah. just like it's just a, such a momentum killer. It takes away trust from the quarterback and the and the coaches to that player, and so clean that up. But I thought overall, get something going in the running game. I don't know. That's a tall task, but yep. passing passing game could be fun to watch. I think regardless of the of the um, results of the game because. There's just there. There seems to be a lot of explosiveness and playmaking on, on that side of the ball. Yeah, I think, um, and I then mean, like I you could said, see the us, punter. I think we could be looking at like a Texas Tech thing where we're just throwing the ball every play. Because yeah, like I said, I, mean, I think I think our skill skill position players are pretty damn good. And I like I said, I think Casey Thompson, you know, he, he obviously uh, fizzled a little down the stretch there, but um, I thought I thought I saw enough in him to you know give me some some good vibes for the rest of the season. Yeah, and I, I think they can get a little some little something going um, for the future. I, I don't love bringing in Smothers when they did to to run a play. He got nine yeah. yards and 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 then the uh, the face mask. But right, um, if they keep you know doing that on a regular basis, they could potentially set up you know maybe a play action or something or a trick play yeah. um, to 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 set that up against somebody that you know we don't have a shot against, but we could take a shot against. Yep. Um, so stuff like that, but I don't know if Frost really has that that you know p- spot in his brain to really put that <laughs> together. I don't. I don't know. I hope he yeah. does. I hope he does, but I don't think he does at this point. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Outside of that, just you know, the, obviously the the lack of penalties was good. Um, you, you you like to see that, especially in the first game with a lot of new faces. But right. I, um, I, I don't know. Like, I think we have some talent, but it's just utilizing it the correct way. Yeah. And like I said, it's, it's know, just I, a major concern of just the trenches, the offensive defense line. Yeah. Just, it was, it's a major concern. Um, for me, I thought that no one really talked about, I thought the secondary played all right. And you're like, well, Taylor, they gave up fucking 350 passing yards. And it's like, yeah, on crossing routes, fucking picking on the linebackers, you know, like that shit was all crossing routes. And I mean, they had the one blown coverage, blown but cover, yeah. I, I thought, I thought the secondary played pretty decent for basically being all new guys out there. I thought the secondary was decent. Um, and they came back to that play later and we had cleaned it up and, and yeah. they didn't get the guy over the top again, but Tommy Hill looked good too. So yeah. Point, but go on. No, I thought, the, I thought the secondary looked all right. Like I said, the, all the passing yards he gave up, most of those were routes eating up our slow ass fucking linebackers, you know, like that shit was all underneath. Mm-hmm. So, and they, they just picked it apart and Janander Ch- just wouldn't get out of that defense. And we couldn't, we didn't lay a glove on the damn quarterback. And if you give quarterback enough time, he's going to, he's going to do He's going to do what he just did. He's going to pick you apart, you know, like, yep. so they got, the guy's played enough football. I mean, you know, he's transferred from South Carolina. I mean, the guy, the guy's no, no slouch. So, you give any quarterback a clean pocket for that long. I mean, he's going to be able to do what he did to us. So um, it just, um, yeah, there was a few of the bright side. I, I thought the kicker was fine. Place kicker. Um, obviously yeah. we missed that deep uh, field goal at the very end, but um, the kicker and punter were good. And the secondary wideouts were fine. Um, the running back, the main of the 18 running backs we played, um, I thought showed some promise. Uh, obviously he did some help some some holes to open up for him but um you know 
skill position wise, I, I feel decent about the team. I, like I said, unfortunately it's, uh, you know, trenches isn't something you can scheme yourself up to, you know, it's a, yeah. that's just, uh, you know, my old favorite saying, that's just a fist fight in a phone booth. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's either you have some dudes or you don't have some dudes. So. Yeah. Anthony Grant, I mean, for the most part, you know, I, I guess most or all of the first half and then a little bit into the, the third quarter, I mean, he was for the most part falling forward on his runs, which yeah. you like to see out of a running back. And, Correct. That's that's one that's one good thing. Um, and then just one last time, just going back to the onside kick. It's like or any <laughs> dumb calls in the future. Like if you feel like something's off and you have all this quote unquote player leadership, and you got like these these guys that have you know played in other schools and they know they know their way around the field. At some point, I mean these these kids got to like, hey, this ain't the right call. I mean, we got to <laughs> audible. We gotta, Audible. I, no, and I and I, I mean I, I'm going to give you an example. In college, we were playing a pretty good team, and we were backed up to like our own three yard line, and our coach uh, calls in a, a running back screen, mm. and I'm like, "All right, we all know this is a bad call, play call. We're going to get into formation, go through the motions. I'm just going to take off around the right side and, and get as many <laughs> yards as I can." It's like you just you got you got to understand the situation and know when this is not the the right call. Yeah. And maybe just do, in, improvise a little bit because, you know, it's it's better to to take a two yard, you know, loss than a, a turnover. And so, yeah. you know, sometimes, I mean, don't be afraid, especially these like graduate transfers and these older kids. Like, just take matters in your own hands when you know right. this is a bad situation, and and just do something different to like save face. Yep. No. Yeah. And, you know what? Sorry to cut you off there. Uh, one of the other things that kind of jumped out to me was kind of the uh, the after game comments um, from from the players and from the, like the new transfer players. The guys came in. You know, they are all, hey, you know, this is just one game. You know, we've got to regroup and you know, still a whole lot of season left, and we can turn this thing around. Blah blah blah. And then you got guys like Garrett Nelson, who's been here through all this all this losing, and he's just like, it's hard for me to hold my head up right now because it's it's just ingrained. Like he's seen this. Like you said, it's, it's Groundhog's Day. He's seen this movie before. Um, so it's like, I don't know, do we have enough of the new guys that don't know that, uh, you know, we like to turtle up right now and just go in our hole and, you know, go cry and pack up the season? Um, you hate to hear things like that from Garrett Nelson, a captain that, uh, you know, but it, it's hard not to feel the same way. But, um, you know, yeah. the, the new guys were just like, hey, you know, it's one game, you know, we'll get better, we'll learn from this, blah, blah, blah. So, um, you hope that mentality maybe takes over and, uh, you know, I, I feel like, I feel like a guy like Casey, he's going to go out there and ball and everything you hear about the guy, it's like, he's just, he's a professional. Like he's, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's, he's a guy that takes the job. He's 24 years old also. So, I mean, he's, he's a grown up, you know, so he's like Chris Winky. Yeah, exactly. Basically. So, um, yeah. And, and then to your point too, Caleb Tanner had the same type of tone where he was like, I, I don't know how to accept this one, you know. Right. This is this is a this is a special group of guys. It's like special how. Yeah. Yeah. Special how. And I don't want to say you know what I'm thinking, but you know, you can, you can <laughs> I know what you're, I know what you're thinking. I know what <laughs> yeah. you're thinking. I'm thinking the same thing. Yeah. So. <laughs> so. But um, no, I mean, so like I said, it's one game. We got two two games coming up that should be. Winnable games. I mean, the you know old Scott Frost line from uh, the Purdue game his first year. So um, obviously we're twenty one and a half point favorites going into this North Dakota game. Um, obviously you just want to want to get your scheme right, get everything going, get everybody on the same page. A bunch of new guys. You want to you know tighten up what you can, and then it's kind of uh, it's. I mean, I said this last week, I guess, but it's kind of a one game season for Frost. I mean that uh, that October first. Um, buyout um you know <laughs> decrease where his buyout goes from 15 million to 7 million uh it, it seems like you know if we don't get this oklahoma win it's it's curtains for him you know so yeah. it's uh it's kind of these next two get right games get your shit together um a lot of these new guys getting to come in and play in front of the nebraska fans and memorial stadium for the first time get that first game day experience the weather looks good this weekend so um i don't know it's um i I won't be uh, betting that, um, you know, things are going to turn around this season. But uh, obviously, you know, red till dead, man. Fucking always loyal to the Huskers, and I'll tune in every week. But but goddamn, this shit's getting old. 
Yeah, and I think for this week we need to double that spread. Uh, to be honest, we need to we need to make it a get right game. Um, yeah. Their D line across the board averages two sixty. Yeah. Um, so that's a that's going to be a good opportunity to get the offensive line back on track, get the running backs some carries, uh, whether it's two of them or nineteen of them. Um, and then their their offensive line actually averages like three oh five. Okay. Another good opportunity for for the RD line to, you know, have have a you know a somewhat tough test, but just you know do their thing and and you know feel each other out and get a good get a good rhythm going there. But right, um, you know, I we just we got to get it figured out real quick because yeah. you know Georgia Southern, you know those they're no those, slouch. They're no slouch. No, they're not. I mean, they they weren't good last year, but you know what. That, that's there was the, Northwestern. That's, that's the no, no, and that's exactly right. But that's the beauty of these uh, these group of five schools is like they get all these these young talent guys in because all of their their top talent will transfer or whatever. But right. you know they're gonna they're gonna give it everything they got. And North Dakota, you know they're they're starstruck. North Dakota used this game as a this game coming to Lincoln as a recruiting ploy for the guys that they have. Right. Hey, we're gonna be going to Nebraska, and a lot of these guys you know, are very close to Nebraska or come from Nebraska. And so they're not going to go in there and just like lay down. They're going to, they're going to smack us in the mouth. And so, yeah, I mean, Scott Frost's salary is their yearly athletic budget for their school. So, I mean, yeah, you know, there's levels to this shit and uh, you know, we need to, we need to see that uh, come Saturday. Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, and I think you're in the, the mix of wrapping things up, but I, I do want to bring back Taylor's takes if, if we have time. <laughs> That's right. All right. So, again, this is second time we've gone through Taylor's takes. I have three of them, and then I have two from our good buddy Brock that he submitted into us. So, oh, okay, okay. All right. So, Taylor, are you ready to go on the hot seat? That's that's right. right. Let's get it. Here we go. Here we go. So, first one: Nebraska can still have a quote unquote successful season if. If Scott Frost is uh, let go and Shenander takes over. And it's funny that you say that because my second question, in anticipation, I wrote the second question like this. Scott Frost survives the season if. Um, He's got to beat Oklahoma. He's got to beat Oklahoma. um, And then it's kind of a, uh, kind of a week to week thing. Um, But it's the Oklahoma game. You can't go into the, Real conference play uh, two and two um, with yep. only your two only wins being against uh, two FCS schools. Yep, for sure. Um, and third one outside of the onside kick, Nebraska beats Northwestern last Saturday. If <sighs> um, if uh, Nebraska would have been tackling in practice, um, you hear the guys uh, talking this week. Uh, they didn't do a lot of tackling in practice, and then. Um, PF, PF, uh, PFF, the pro football focus, um, you know, they do college now, um, had us at 14 missed tackles. Um, you, you can't tackling something that you can't, uh, do in shorts, shorts and helmets. Um, you got to put the pads on, um, a lot of those missed tackles. I think they said, uh, Northwestern had almost, uh, had over 200 yards after first contact. So, um, to a lot of, uh, the big plays. So if we would have did some tackling in practice, yeah, no, I, I 100% agree. Remember Navy that first week when they right. did when they went when they went through all of their preseason without tackling, yep. they they just got destroyed and they missed like a million tackles. Yeah, and then pers- personally, I mean, I was a quarterback. I never tackled. No. Tackling is all about a want to. Right. Yeah, Here's and it's not I'm just something. Oh, I, I played football before. It's like you you got to practice it. You, it. you just show up and do. I mean, if you're not doing no, it in practice, it, it, you're not doing it again. Practice how you play. Exactly. And it's, it's a, it's a want to mentality. It's a mentality. It's like, right. Hey, am I going to be a little bitch and dive at his legs or am I going to go after him? Because I really want to take him down because right. for the one, two for me, when I had to tackle was I don't want him to have a pick six against me. <laughs> and so, and so I made sure to tackle that motherfucker when I could. Right. Um, all right. So we're going to move on to Brock's here. Um, first one. Casey's Thompson, Casey Thompson, stay sharp in the second half. If his wide receivers uh, help him out. I mean, some people, Hey, the ball was thrown behind him. The balls maybe were a little behind him, but it hit, hits the guys in both their hands. I mean, it hits, yep. you know, the old saying, it hits your hands. You got to catch it. This is what you're here to do. So 
Um, yep. You know, we needed his wide receivers to help him out more. Yeah, and, and when you when you go to coach that, you revert back to that one uh, pass over the middle that Bokalek caught. Yep. That's a big dude moving in a quick direction one way. He shifted his whole body and caught that ball over the middle. Yep. Um, so, yep, I would agree with that. And then the last one here um, – so offensive play calling is clearly a tug of war at this point. Right. This gets cleaned up if. Um, what's what's that carry? Uh, carry. Uh, what's her name? Song carry. Um, Underwood. Jesus take the wheel. It's wh- <laughs> Whipple take the wheel. It, that's it. It's what's got to be. Whipple's got to take the wheel. Um, I thought I thought it looked good schematically. Um, as far as the passing game went. Um, you know Scott Frost just got to stay out of the way and let the guys do what they've been doing. Let the, you know, this is what you brought them here for. Let them do what you, you brought them here to do. So. Yep. No. And I, damn, that was a great answer. It's like, I introduced that question to you before the podcast, but I did not. <laughs> hey, hey, this is what I do, man. That's what I do. Yeah. And I don't know why your last comment triggered this, but um, we look at the run game and um, you know, we, we heard from camp and everything that, these offensive linemen are, you know, looking good and, and pushing, <laughs> pushing the dealer. And, and then you look at the hire we made on our, on our offensive line. Yeah. And it was a guy that doesn't really have a ton of experience coaching right. offensive linemen. We brought him in for a reason. That reason failed. Yeah. We did not get his nephew um, who, <laughs> who committed to Ohio state. So now we're yeah. just, you know, stuck with him blowing, blowing in the wind here with, with yeah. no sort of like, push on the offensive line and a guy that you know somewhat has a legacy at nebraska so yeah yeah no, that, that, that's it's nebraska's tough. mentality hey we'll give the uh the uh, someone's uh sibling or relative a job or a scholarship in hopes that they you know bring the more talented one i mean i remember years back um uh andrus pete he i think he plays for the saints now his first round left tackle ended up going to stanford mm-hmm. but he had an older brother that we gave a scholarship to in hopes that we were going to sign him. And nope, he went to Stanford and now is, I believe he's left tackle for, uh, for the saints. So um, that's kind of been our, th- hey, hey, I get it. It worked for uh, Hoiberg, huh? You know? Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> um, and just out of curiosity, I just came up with this question and then we can wrap things up, but um, actually I thought of it earlier, but so I'll, 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 I'll give my answer after you. I don't even think I have one yet, but if you were to pair up the 2009 Nebraska defense with any offense past that year, which one would you pair them up with? You remember, uh, the two, I mean, 2009, yep. they were the number two scoring defense in the nation and Sue and all those guys. Yeah. I would have to say uh, the Taylor Martinez's uh, freshman year. Um, yeah, where we had Burkhead, Roy Hallou, um yep. running. <laughs> you know that that offense was pretty dynamic. Um, it, um, I think that. And what what year would that have been? Two thousand, the next year. Uh, yeah, I think it would. Was it? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Just right. <laughs> just missed, missed by we're one. Just, we're just one year off. <laughs> <laughs> just, and, just and we just had quite been, didn't. And we had good kickers and punters then too. So what could yep. have been? Yep. Only if we had a COVID year back then. <laughs> right. Exactly. So. But, well, all right. I mean, yeah. another another uh, good episode here. Uh, everybody, thanks for tuning in and listening. Um, you know, hopefully the broth is right. Um, obviously, these first these next two games are going to go along, kind of telling us uh, about the season, but. Um, uh, like I said, uh, the trench work is uh, leaves a lot to be desired. And anybody that knows anything about football knows trenches is where football's won, and especially won in the Big Ten. So, um, like I said, I'll be tuning in as always. Red tail dead, but um, it looks that looks pretty grim from where from where I sit. But Zach, any final words? Um, so in our two thirty slot on Saturday, it's us on BTN, and then there's a pretty big game also. Yep um Oregon and is it Georgia? Georgia yep yeah so I mean I'm I'm tossing around the idea of putting Nebraska on the smaller TV and, Ooh, and that one I'm that one, them, but, huh? uh, I mean I don't know where the sound will will lie but um we'll see we'll, we'll feel the day out but the last thing I'll say is Nebraska just don't be the New York Jets
Right. Just get some pride about yourself and fucking man up and let's let's turn this shit around. All right. I mean, no, no more like butt said, fumbles. <laughs> exactly. Stop embarrassing yourself and us. Yes. So, all right. For uh, another episode of the Big Red Revival podcast. Uh, hopefully, next week uh, after a big blowout victory. Zach, any final score? I'm thinking 48 17 Huskers. Where are you at? Uh, I'm thinking 56 to 10. Okay. Yep. Casey Thompson about to throw for about fucking half a century on these guys. Yeah. As long as he he's left in the game. Yeah, that's true. So, all right, guys, we'll see you guys next week. Go big red. This is the Big Red Revival.